welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Hi, friends. Welcome back. Let's go ahead and begin with the word of prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, as we uh, close uh, this series on restoration of being restored, be with us as we talk about gratitude and how we can uh, continue to align our life with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Many, many years ago, I believe it was 1988, there was a Polish railway worker named Jan, I hope this is right, Gerbinski. And he was hit, excuse me, he was hit by a train. And yet, he lived. But only barely. And for the next 19 years, uh, I think it was in 2007, Rebensky was in a coma. He woke in 2007 to a whole new world. 19 years earlier, Poland was a communist state. And Grabinski noted that back then, meat was rationed, there were huge lines at nearly every gas station, and there was only tea and vinegar in the shops. But 19 years later, he awoke to a free nation where he said there were people on the streets with cell phones, and there were so many goods in the shop that it made his head spin. But then something puzzled him. What amazes me is that all of the people who walk around with their mobile phones and yet they never stop moaning. They have freedom, they have food, they have wealth greater than Poland had had for decades. And yet as Grabinski wrote, woke from his coma to find that all that seemed, all they wanted to do was grumble. G.K. Chesterton says, I would maintain that thanks are the highest form of thought. And that gratitude is happiness doubled by wonder. God has done an amazing work in can, can do and has done for many of us an amazing work in our lives. And what better way to be able to express gratitude and thanks. Now today I want to go to the book of Acts and look at a story that many I'm sure are very familiar with. And frankly, I think I preached on this already, but it's good to go back and revisit now, Paul and Silas are traveling and sharing the gospel. And when they get to Philippi, they run into some trouble. So let's go to Acts 16. Now, in Acts 16, we're going to start at verse 16. It says, once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She had earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are the servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. What a way to get some publicity. But she kept doing this for many days. And finally, Paul, he becomes annoyed that he turned around and she, he said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her. And when her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. So Paul and Silas are going about their ministry, okay? 
And along the way, there's this young woman who has the ability to be able to perform fortune telling. She tells everybody nearby that Paul and Silas, I mean, they're men of God. And they know who God is and what salvation is. So she keeps telling this and goes on for days. And eventually, Paul, he just, he gets fed up and he says, he casts the, the, the spirit out. One of the questions I have that I've wondered every time I've read the story is, why did Paul wait several days to cast the spirit out? I don't know. Something I'm going to ask him when I get to meet him one day, many years down the road, or maybe tomorrow. Who knows? Whenever we get to heaven, that's one question I have for Paul. Regardless of the situation, the owners realize that, well, money dried up. They're not able to make a profit. And so they incite a riot. And Paul and Silas are taken before the authorities. And before they could even explain themselves to anyone, the authorities order them to be stripped, to be flogged without due process. And if you read the story, you'll realize that uh, further that, well, Paul should have been given the opportunity to explain. But they didn't know who they were. Well, they're held off, hauled off to jail that, uh, and put into a cell that's deep within the cell, the inner cell. And their feet are fastened to the stocks, and so they can't even move. Later that night, however, we find that Paul and Silas, what are they doing? They're singing and giving praise to God of all things, though. Paul and Silas, though, faithful men, wouldn't let something like this get them down. In fact, in verse 25, it says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. They were singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. So imagine that. Paul and Silas are actually there. They have the ability to minister to the prisoners even while they're imprisoned. And still praying and giving thanks, suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaking. At once the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. Now imagine being the Philippian jailer. He had just one job to watch the prisoners, and he couldn't even do that. Since they were fastened, he shouldn't have had to worry. And in his heart, he's thinking, oh, my goodness. But after the earthquake, he he can't tell Sorry, sorry. After the earthquake, he can tell that the doors were open, and he automatically assumes that everybody has fled. And so he fears for his life. What could happen to him? And rather than wait what could potentially happen to him, he tries to make matters, take matters into his own hands, and he tries to kill himself. Have you ever, or perhaps even right now, are you experiencing deep pain or fear and uncertainty? And wondering, is this life even worth living for? The other day, I was talking to a couple of principals, and they shared a statistic with me that really kind of just makes me very unsteady. Did you know that in the last month, one out of every four students has contemplated the idea of taking their life? And that's just this last month. We live in a time right now where it is uh, a feeling of uncertainty and, and people are wondering, do they want to continue and go on? My encouragement to you is please reach out to somebody, reach out to a friend, and even just be able to share your anxiety, your fears, your sense of being overwhelmed. That in itself 
is deeply helpful and therapeutic. And I want to encourage you to reach out to somebody, even if you need to reach out to a professional. I'm just going to say as well, I'm not a professional counselor, but I can help you. Okay, I can help you to find somebody who is. And I just, I, I want to plead with you, look, you are worth it. You are worth so much more than what you are feeling right now. God loves you. And there's a great life that can be found not only in Jesus, but the opportunity to excel. And though this is a difficult time and a difficult season in your life right now, with God, you can overcome. And, and maybe that will require getting some help. But again, I just uh, want to encourage you, please, seek out help. Now, the Philippian jailer, he felt shame and there was nothing he felt that he could do, and he would rather kill himself than find out what could happen. But before he could even end his life, Paul shouts and he said, don't harm yourself. We're all here. And after he calls for lights to be lit, he goes to Paul and Silas and he gets on his knees and he falls before them. Imagine that. Then he takes them outside of the cell and he asks them one of the questions that many of us have probably asked. What must I do? To be saved. Paul and Silas respond. The most beautiful verse of all verses. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you will be saved. Now for the month of January. We've been talking about salvation. Of being reborn and and being redeemed. And here this Philippian jailer desires to change his life around. And be reborn. He's just had this amazing experience, this transformation in his life, and his life was changing, never to be the same. And out of this experience, he takes Paul and Silas to his very own home, something that was probably very dangerous to do, especially for him. And he brings his family together, and Paul and Silas, they share the gospel with his family, and guess what? They're all baptized. And shortly thereafter, they share a meal together. Back in verse 34, I want to highlight this. The jailer brought them into his house. He set a meal before them. And get this. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. And not just he, but he and his whole household. The Philippian jailer had a new lease on life. And much like the Philippian jailer, when Jesus comes into our life, joy and gratitude should be an outpouring of our, our expression of appreciation. So we should be able to share and express this. Now, as a, as a new believer, here are some things that I would also encourage the Philippian jailer, if I had an opportunity, and any, any new believer, to not only uh, remember and keep them in mind, but also how we can stay aligned with God. And so expressing gratitude for God and at the same time helping us to draw closer to God. The first thing is remember God's love. In fact, even Psalm 107 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Our God is such a gracious and loving God who desires to be with us, to walk with us. The second thing that we should also remember is that of forgiveness. And especially in this story, you know, Paul and Silas, they were unfairly imprisoned. They could have not said anything to the jailer. They could have uh, responded with anger, but no, they didn't. They were praising God 
and they loved sharing the gospel and they treated him well. And as well, we have to remember the forgiveness that even God has has bestowed upon us. The other thing that we can be grateful for is the providence. And in the case of the jailer, he was grateful for God looking out for him by call, calling out to him to not hurt himself and end his life. And even beyond that as well, the the providence that God will be able to sustain you in this life. Something that we should also be grateful for and that we should also seek is that of Scripture. Paul and Silas, they were praying and singing hymns. Paul was a very uh, wise and learned man of the scriptures, able to draw upon these these uh, verses and, and be able to share the, uh, the blessings. We should also take their example and, and not only read, but also memorize it. As we go through difficult experiences, we can remember these verses and be able to continue to express our joy and gratitude, to be able to sing hymns as Paul and Silas did in a, in a cell. And, and even, and although the word we have, through the word we have access to many stories of faith and of wisdom and how we can live our lives. In fact, Colossians 3 15 through 17 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach, as you admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And another key component that we should also be grateful for and align ourselves our people. Be grateful for your fellow believers, your brothers and sisters that surround you. And I know it's, it's difficult right now because we can't actually physically be together, but we have a community that desires to want to help grow and nurture. And so we can do that through individual worship and, and even right now through corporate worship where we're able to watch this or maybe be able to join us for a small group or a Sabbath school. So surround yourself with fellow believers and, and have Bible study. And maybe while you can't necessarily share a meal or a cup of tea right now, uh, literally look forward to that and as well find ways of being able to communicate and hang out. And the final thing that we should also be grateful for and to remember is that of God's plan for us. God has a mission and a purpose for you. And, and next month, we're going to talk about that more in depth of what does it mean to continue as a disciple and also for the mission. To what purpose does God have for me in my life? These are things that we're going to continue to explore. Now, next week, uh, Bill is going to talk a little bit about evangelism as well. Kind of, I look forward to hearing what he has to say. And uh, as we continue to endeavor, may we be faithful and to share the good news. I hope and pray that this month has been a blessing to you. The fact of how God can take somebody and help them to be reborn or to be restored and redeemed. And if you have been wanting to get to know who this Jesus is even more, please don't be afraid to reach out to us. Uh, email us at downychurch at gmail.com or even call the church. We'll, we'll be able to help you get on the path to be able to learn more. And hopefully we pray that you accept Jesus into your life. For those of you perhaps who are also maybe wanting to even at this point accept Jesus, we want to give you an opportunity to do so. So let's go ahead and pray. Father in heaven, Lord, thank you 
for the opportunity to be able to study this uh, this important message of you coming into this world to change the world and overall to redeem us, Lord. Father, forgive us because we're all sinners. And I know that there are some here who are desiring to take that next step to be able to follow you. So at this point, Lord, for those who are wanting to, we ask that, Lord, please come into my heart. Draw me close. Change me and mold me and help me to be a faithful disciple for you. Be with all of our our fellow believers who are in the world, continuing to share the good news of who you are. And as well, give us strength, give us wisdom, give us courage. And thank you for the many blessings that you have provided in helping us to sustain us thus far. As we continue to move forward in uh, in life, Lord, as well, give us courage. Give us discernment as well. It's not an easy time right now, but we know that you will help us to overcome it. And until then, help us to continue to reach out to one another. And may we be faithful to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, everybody. Have a great week. Take care. Grace and peace. We hope you have been blessed by this message from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. You can find more messages at www.downeychurch.org. God bless.